Welcome back, one and all, to the Unknown Friends podcast today. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode, the 14th episode of Season 2. I'm your host, Rochelle Ferguson from Kitty Wham Productions. And before you settle in to listen to the episode, please just take a moment to make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. And if you use the Apple Podcasts app, at the end of the episode, it would help me so much if you could leave a quick review of Unknown Friends, or at least if you could just give the podcast a star rating. Um, Just scroll down to the bottom of the page, and it literally takes a single tap to rate the podcast. Uh, And the more good ratings we get, the more Apple realizes it should show this podcast to other listeners. So it's a great way to spread the word about unknown friends simply by rating the podcast. So thank you in advance for that. Also, in other news, I hope you did not miss last week's surprise bonus episode. We didn't do a book review, but in honor of the podcast's first birthday on April 15th, I had to do something. So I shared a poem by A.E. Stallings, The Rosehead Nail, and briefly discussed it. And I also shared a bit about what's going on over at Patreon this month. So in case you missed it, let me just summarize by saying I am doing two bonus read-alouds this month. Um, This week and next, for patrons of the podcast only, I wanted to do something special in celebration of the podcast's birthday, specifically for those of you who've gone all out to support the podcast and help me cover the cost of my recording equipment and, and my other production expenses. So a huge thank you to all you patrons, and I hope you're enjoying these exclusive read-alouds of G.K. Chesterton essays, which I'm sharing with the Patreon community. Um, If any of you who have not yet become Unknown Friends patrons are interested in getting access to these bonus read-alouds, be sure to join Patreon soon, as the readings are only going to be available through the end of April. Uh, so the link to become a patron is just patreon.com slash unknown friends, and you will find that in the episode description. Okay, enough on that. Today's book review. Let's talk about the author, Marcus Zusak, and his novel, The Book Thief. Uh, Zusak was born in 1975, and he's an Australian writer. He grew up in Sydney and lives there still with his wife and children. He has written six novels, uh, which between them have won a lot of awards. I'm not even going to try to list them all. There's so many. The Book Thief is his best-known work, and it was his fifth novel, published in 2005. Now, honestly, there's not a lot more I can say about Marcus Zusak himself, Uh, As I've mentioned before, the life stories of living writers tend to be harder to access than those of past writers, obviously, since they're, they're ongoing for modern writers. But if you're interested in learning more about Zusak, you can always visit his personal website, zusakbooks.com, which I will also link in the episode description. Now, the book Thief has become quite famous. It is an international bestseller. Um, It has sold over 16 million copies and has been translated into 60-plus 
languages. It was also adapted as a film in 2013, which you may have watched or at least heard about. Um, it is a World War II story, uh, but it takes, I would say it takes a unique approach to the time period. Uh, it's, it's hard to write a unique World War II story, um, and yet in a way it shouldn't be. The war obviously was so impactful, so extensive, and, and covered so many wildly different locations and uh, types of people and types of warfare and, and politics and economics. It's it's just vast, and, and there are thousands of untold stories that it encompasses. Um, but at the same time, I think it's it's easy 70, 80 years later to think of the war and think primarily of the Holocaust, which was, of course, a huge part of what happened and, and something we should think about and should never forget. Um, but at the same time, a lot more happened than just the Holocaust, and we mustn't forget all the other people who suffered and, and sacrificed, as well as the Jewish people. So the Book Thief is unique in a couple of ways. Um, while its storyline does pertain to the Holocaust, and one of its main characters is a Jew in hiding, its heroine and other main characters are all Germans living near Munich during the war. And so we see a different perspective. We see some Germans who are all in with the Hitler regime, but we see a lot of ordinary German people who have their doubts, and some of whom go out of their way and even risk their lives resisting Nazi propaganda. Um, they can only do so much if they are to keep their own families safe from punishment by the Nazis, but they show extraordinary compassion and bravery doing what they do to help not only the Jews, but also each other, uh, since they're all suffering under Hitler in different ways. Uh, in a Q&A session, Zusak said that he wanted his readers to see another side of Nazi Germany, people who were unwilling to fly the Nazi flag, and boys and girls who thought the Hitler Youth was boring and ridiculous. And interestingly, I also learned that much of Zusak's source material comes from his own parents' stories. So his father grew up in Austria and his mother in Germany, near Munich, uh, during and after the war. Um, so as a child, Zusak heard many stories from them about people who resisted Nazi control, kids who boycotted Hitler youth meetings, boys who handed bread to Jews being marched through their town toward concentration camps. These things really happened. And Marcus Zusak wanted to shed light on this side of German history. So... That is his approach to World War II. And the novel itself draws from the memories of his own parents, but also, of course, uh, it comes from Zusak's own imagination and pulls together a lot of uh, diverse elements and characters, which together make for a very creative, intriguing story. So let me introduce you to the main character and the basic storyline quickly. Our heroine is a young girl, nine years old when the story begins in 1939, uh, named Liesel Memminger. And Liesel's story starts when she is taken in by foster parents who live in Mulking, near Munich. And on the train ride to meet them, her little brother Werner dies. 
And now when she arrives in Mulking, she meets the couple who are taking her in, Hans and Rosa Huberman, who will become her new papa and mama. Hans is a painter and plays the accordion, and he is kind and, and gentle, and Liesel soon warms up to him. Rosa, her new mama, is a little more difficult to warm up to, uh, and while you would not call her kind or gentle, over the course of the story, you eventually come to understand that she does love deeply, even though she doesn't express it in a way you would expect. She honestly has a, a foul mouth and a quick temper, uh, and Liesel quickly learns how she is expected to behave in Rosa's presence. But after coming to live with the Hubermans, for a long time, Liesel is haunted by her brother's death on the train, and every night she has a nightmare about it. Well, Hans, her new papa, soon learns this, and he soon gets into the habit of coming to Liesel when she wakes from the nightmare and comforting her. And at the same time, um, having learned that Liesel can't yet read and is finding school difficult... Hans also takes some time in the middle of every night after Liesel's nightmare wakes her to work with her and help her learn to read. So this becomes the nightly tradition, and Hans's comforting presence um, and dedication to help Liesel soon uh, cements the bond between them. She comes to, to love her new papa very much. And a lot of other things are going on in Liesel's new life, too. Um, school is hard. But the nightly reading lessons help, and it also helps that she has made a new friend, Rudy Steiner, a boy about her own age who is mischievous and very clever and happens to idolize the Olympic runner Jesse Owens, who won four gold medals in 1936. Um, but besides Rudy, the other aspect of Liesel's life outside her new home involves book thieving, as you might expect from the novel's title. The first time she ever stole a book was actually at her brother's funeral, very early in the story. Though perhaps stealing is, is too strong a term for this incident, um, she just finds a book in the snow titled The Gravedigger's Handbook, uh, dropped accidentally from a, a gravedigger's coat pocket. And later, this book is actually the text that Hans Huberman uses to teach her how to read. Well, by the time they finish with this book, Liesel has fallen in love with reading. She gets two more books for Christmas from her papa, and a few months later, at a celebration in honor of Hitler's birthday, which incidentally is yesterday, April 20th, um, at that parade, there is a book-burning fire and Liesel steals an unburned book. It's at this parade that she starts to put the pieces together about what is going on in Germany, who Hitler is, uh, what he's doing. And in a way, her theft of this book is a tiny act of rebellion against the Nazi regime. Yes, she also steals it just because she's curious and can't afford books, but loves to read. But it's very much also a way of defying Hitler just a little bit uh, to take and read this book that the Nazis wanted destroyed. Uh, anyway, I am going into too much detail. So these are the first of several books that Liesel finds or steals, uh, which ultimately earns her the title The Book Thief. Um, and around 
all this, you know, World War II is happening, the Holocaust is happening, um, people are dying on the Russian front, in concentration camps, in bombings. Um, and for a while, Hans and Rosa and Liesel and Liesel's friend Rudy all manage to stay under the radar. Um, none of them like the Nazis, but there's nothing any of them can do to stop the horrors that are going on. They can only resist in, in small, unobtrusive ways. But eventually... I won't go into detail, but things develop so that Liesel and her foster parents end up um, hiding and protecting a young Jewish man um, and doing acts of kindness toward various enemies of the Nazi regime, acts which put their own safety and even their lives at risk. Um, I can't explain how everything plays out in the end without spoilers, so I will leave it at that. I, I should just vaguely warn you, well, okay, I'm not giving specifics, but if you really want to avoid anything like a spoiler, then just skip like 10 seconds ahead. Um, but I'm only giving the kind of general forewarning that I appreciate when I start into a book. All I'll say is a lot of people die in the end. Main characters die. It's very sad. Um, but there is beauty in it as well, of course. Okay, that, but that's, that's all I'm saying. So, overall, I am a little conflicted about this book. I'm conflicted about whether to recommend it or not. Uh, first, I will just say this. At one point, I thought I had heard the book Thief pitched as a children's book. It definitely is not. Um, and I may be wrong about anyone ever having told me that. I'm not sure. Uh, researching it after having read it, I'm not finding it promoted anywhere as a children's book per se, but as a young adult book, which is slightly more appropriate, but still, I wouldn't give it to young teens to read. Um, there is a lot of language, there's some violence, and the, the book is certainly heavy thematically. But, but the language especially, I was not expecting. Um, a World War II novel, you know, you expect to be heavy. Um, but there was much more crude language and profanity than I had anticipated. And that alone weighs pretty heavily with me. Um, and so that aspect of the novel, I, I strongly dislike. Um, but to widen our focus just a little, as far as the book's overarching worldview goes, there's there's good and bad. I think its best themes are self-sacrifice, compassion, courage in the face of suffering. It shows ordinary people doing extraordinary things for each other, taking extraordinary risks and learning and, and persevering and holding on to hope and love. Those are beautiful themes. But that said, The Book Thief is not a Christian story. Christ doesn't enter the picture except as a profanity. Um, the book tries to deal with the horrors of war exclusively by focusing on human goodness in contrast to human evil. So it tries to say, yes, people do really awful things to each other, but sometimes they do really good things for each other. That's not very satisfying, personally. Um, and I think the book itself confesses that it's at kind of an impasse at the end. It sees 
good and evil and doesn't understand how they coexist. The story admits that it doesn't understand human nature. So I don't know. Um, I guess, I guess the book is being honest in saying it doesn't really have an answer for the questions it poses. But wow, that, that worldview limits it so much. I think of something like The Hiding Place that confronts the horrors of World War II and is able to provide answers. Because a Christian worldview enables us to understand the reality of human nature and of divine nature. The book thief lacks that. It's sad. There's pain and suffering and loss and flashes of heroic goodness too, yes. But then in the end, everyone's, you know, gonna eventually die. So do we have any real hope to cling to? Not really. Um, but, but that brings me to an important point I haven't discussed yet. The narrator of The Book Thief is death. Death as a character. Uh, not the Grim Reaper per se. He actually says at one point that that caricature amuses him. But death, nonetheless, a being that escorts souls out of their bodies, out of this world into somewhere. Uh, that's the interesting ambiguity. The story leaves open, maybe even suggests, the possibility of some kind of afterlife, but it's never explicit. Where death takes souls, if anywhere, is left entirely up to the reader's imagination. So I suppose you could impose a, a Christian heaven and then feel okay when characters die in the story, but there's just no Christianity going on in the story in the characters' lives. Uh, so I still would definitely not call this book Christian. I still can't identify any substantial hope given for us to hold on to. Only that vague belief that in this life, people will sometimes be good to each other. So I guess as far as its themes and worldview goes, I'm a little on the fence here. Certainly some noble character qualities are praised in the story, but I think there are other World War II books that uphold the same virtues and deal with suffering and sin a lot better than The Book Thief does. Books like The Hiding Place that confront pain and find a way through it to God and real hope, both for this life and the next. Now, lastly, I will just say one or two things about the book's writing style, which was fascinating and also sometimes confusing. Uh, Marcus Zusak is a, a very good writer, don't get me wrong. Uh, I admire his style greatly. He's clearly skilled and has honed his skill over time, and I enjoyed his style once I got used to it. But he is very creative, almost too much for me sometimes. Um, so first of all, there's the thing with death as a person serving as the story's narrator. After quite a while, I finally warmed up to this, but it was a struggle for me. During the opening chapters, I was super confused, both because of the narrative point of view and because we were sort of jumping around in time in a way that confused me. It was just strange. Um, and maybe I was unfocused or something and, and could have followed the narration better if I had paid closer attention. Um, but it was hard for me to wrap my head around it for a while. And then also, 
even once I'd gotten into the book a ways, I still felt a little less than enthusiastic about death being the narrator because it felt less personal, um, less close to the story and the characters than it might have if, say, Liesel had narrated her own story or something like that. And so I got curious as to whether Zusak had planned to have death as the narrator from the start, or if that was something he switched to later. And I found some intriguing information on that question. So according to Zusak, narrating a story from the perspective of death was one of the earliest ideas he had for The Book Thief. But it did take him a while to find the right, I guess you could say, personality for the character of death. He was really struggling with it for a while. It, it just didn't feel right, he said. So he actually tried in one draft narrating the story from Liesel's point of view. But he said that totally failed because he himself is Australian and he could not, for the life of him, make his words sound like those of a young German girl in the 1940s. She just sounded Australian. So he scrapped that and tried... Uh, impersonal narration, third-person point of view. But that was a disaster because that then became the, the distant, totally unfeeling perspective he had wanted to avoid from the start. So he actually went back and tried using the voice of death again, and he finally figured out the approach he wanted to take. Um, in previous drafts, as ultimately in the final draft, the last words of the book spoken by death are... I am haunted by humans. And Zusak said he reread this and realized this is the angle that he needed to take with his narrator Death the whole time. Um, death should speak as a being haunted by humans, um, unable to understand them, but unable to stop being fascinated, horrified, and awed by them. So that is the approach he tried to take in the end. That's the mindset in which Death describes the humans whose story he's telling. And after I learned about this whole process, I think it probably works. It seems to accomplish what Zusak wanted. Because there is so much pain and loss in the story, it might have been too close and, and personal if Liesel herself had told her own story. And so the little bit of distance that death, as the narrator gives us, probably helps um, actually protect us a little. And yet we feel with him that sense of, of being haunted by the good and the evil in human nature. So that is just a bit of background and a few of my own thoughts about the novel's narration. Um, throughout the book, the writing style, as far as like um, specific turns of phrase I'm thinking of now. It's a very creative style, mostly effective, but occasionally almost obtrusive, I would say. This is personal preference. Some people would 100% love it. But for me, his creative descriptions were almost distracting once in a while. The thing I noticed most of all is that he describes, uh, for instance, one sense in terms of another. So sounds and sights, for example, are often described in very physical, bodily terms. A character's voice or words will uh, punch another character or 
smile at another character or even walk over to another character. The voice will be described as doing this. So Zusak's descriptions are just highly sensory and often in in startling ways, combining and, and switching senses and all kinds of stuff. And honestly, a lot of the time it's cool. It makes you think as well as feel when he's describing things, and it's fresh and unexpected. My only qualification is that, for me, every once in a while he would say something so surprising that it would actually distract me from what was going on in the story, um, or just confuse me. But at the same time, I certainly learned from Zusak's creativity, um, so I want to give him full credit for his imagination and just the amazing skill with which he is able to put into words such a unique and fascinating way of looking at the world. So overall, I enjoyed aspects of The Book Thief, but I wouldn't really say I'm recommending it. It's certainly, in my opinion, not for kids or young teens, and it's got enough language that I hesitate to recommend it highly, even to adults. Uh, I wish there was a vidangel for books and audiobooks. Someone needs to invent that, and I will pay you money for it. Um, now, now, to balance that, I wouldn't say I regret reading The Book Thief. Uh, from a writer's perspective, the book was inspiringly creative. And on top of that, it depicts deeply sympathetic unforgettable characters. Um, I know that Hans, Liesel's papa, will stick with me for quite a while in particular, and it movingly portrays love and courage in the face of deep pain and loss. But I do think there are some other World War II books that are more thematically substantive, that offer more hope, uh, more answers than The Book Thief can offer. So those are my thoughts. If you have read The Book Thief, or even if you've watched the movie, I would love to hear your perspective on the story. Whether you agree with me or disagree, I welcome your thoughts. You can always message me on Facebook or Instagram. Check out the links in the episode description. And patrons, you can also message me directly on Patreon. Um, don't forget about our two bonus episodes there this month, our two readings of quintessentially witty and wise Chesterton essays, which I hope all my patrons enjoy. Now to take a quick look ahead, next week our episode will be about a novel you may well never have heard of. I ran across it quite by accident. It is by Pat Frank, and it's titled Alas, Babylon. It was published in 1959 and was one of the first novels ever to imagine a post-nuclear war America. It's about survival and community in the face of a national disaster, and I found it super interesting. When I started reading the book, I almost quit. I, I just was not impressed with the first chapter or two, but I decided to stick with it a little longer and give it a chance and I am really glad I did. Once I got past its beginning, I started to enjoy the story and, and find it really fascinating. And I'm excited to share more about it next week. As always, I am your host, Rochelle Ferguson, and you can learn more about me and my writing at kittywamproductions.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. 